Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. What an amazing man of God Elisha was. You know, the first 20 chapters of the book, the second book of Kings are dedicated to him and all of the amazing miracles that he did. And we know that Elisha, other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself, Elisha performed more miracles than anyone else in the Bible. So I think that we can learn a lot from his life today. Amen? Amen. What a great series. So Pastor Shane, just to recap on the last few weeks, some of the great keys that I've really been able to take out of and apply to my life is that when you sow in faithful service, it leads to great faith opportunities. We've also learned that you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately and that to step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. Aren't they great keys? And then last week, only God can send the water, but sometimes he wants us to dig a ditch for him to fill. And that real faith believes big, but is willing to start small. So the good news is today that if you feel that you're running on empty, maybe you're feeling that you're running on empty in your health. Maybe you've been running on empty in your finances. Maybe it's in your relationships. Maybe you're running on low on faith this morning. But I just want to encourage you today that this word is here for you, that there is always hope in the name of Jesus and in the power of his word. And it's my prayer this morning that for each one of you, you're going to be able to take something from this message today and be able to apply that to your life and know that in Jesus, there is always hope. There is always hope in the name of Jesus, the name above every name. I love that worship song that we sang this morning. Isn't it powerful? The name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. So the question for all of us, that we can ask ourselves this morning in diving into this message is, what do I do when I'm running on empty? Let's pray this morning. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have graced us with your tangible presence today. We thank you, Lord, that you are in this place, that you are in us, that you are with us, and that you are for us. And this morning, Lord, we make a conscious decision this morning to say, Lord, speak to me this morning. I'm going to open up my ears to you. I'm going to open up my heart to you. I'm going to open up the eyes of my enlightenment this morning and say, Lord, let the word shine into my life today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So we're going to dive into the second book of Kings this morning, chapter 4. We're going to be reading from verse 1 to 7. If you've got your Bibles there this morning, I'd love you to follow on this morning. We're going to be working through this unpacking this scripture and learning what can we draw out what's relevant to me today that the Lord wants to share we're going to start reading from verse 1 the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha your servant my husband is dead And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. There's a very clear picture painted today of somebody who was desperate. And I don't think for us who are living in Western culture today can fully appreciate the situation that this woman was in. 
Back in this widow's day, women were not allowed to work. They were not allowed to earn money. In fact, the only way that they could earn money was by selling their bodies. And this woman was not prepared to do that. And she was in a desperate place where her husband was dead. He had served God faithfully. He was a prophet. In fact, according to religious tradition, this widow was the wife of the prophet Obadiah. It doesn't tell us that in there, but that was the, the, the message that's been passed down through the generations in Jewish tradition. So here we are with this wife who possibly is Obadiah's wife. Now, Obadiah, for those who know the story, he ministered to 50 other prophets. So he was always giving, always giving, always looking after, protecting. And so he sowed and he sowed and he sowed. And then he died. And who was left? His beautiful wife and their two boys. In a time where women could not work and her sons were too young to go to work to earn money for the family because only the men could work. She was in a helpless situation. And from all appearances, she had no hope. But what did she do when she was in that desperate place? Did she turn to her own resources? Because she could have. And people probably would have understood why she did that. But no, she did not turn to her human ability. She turned to the Lord. She came to the prophet of God. Sometimes we have small problems in our lives, don't we? Sometimes we go to a restaurant and we order something and it's wrong and we get upset because I went to Grilled and I said, please no dairy and there's dairy on my burger. That's a very upsetting and very, very challenging situation to be in. What about when your GPS takes you to the wrong place? Very angry. Or the hotel gets your reservation wrong. You turn up and all the beds are just wrong. We can get upset about all these little things, can't we? I've got a lounge situation at the moment where we've had trouble after trouble with this lounge and I'm trying to work with the company at the moment to get it sorted out. Now, we can lose sleep over silly things, can't we? These are small problems. Small problems. The mix is too loud. I think the air conditioning is too warm. Small problems. This woman was facing incredible catastrophe in her life, but she knew that there was hope in the name of the Lord. But there are many of you here today that you're not getting upset over the small things. You've got some very real problems going on in your life. Maybe you've got things going on in your marriage that just seem insurmountable. Maybe you're facing financial ruin and the stress of that keeps you awake night after night after night. You don't know what you're going to do. You took a risk and it didn't pay off. These are big problems. And the Lord cares about you and he wants to deliver you. And he wants you to know today that there is always hope in the name of Jesus. Maybe you've received a diagnosis for your health this week that just looks absolutely devastating. And unless you get a miracle from God, you're going to go home. Your Lord hears your prayer today. He hears your cry. And there is always hope in the name of Jesus. And I know that when hitting rock bottom, we can do what this widow did. We can call out for help from our God. No matter what we're facing, there is always hope in the name of Jesus. A great key we can learn from this story of the widow, of what to do when I'm running on empty, is to trust when I don't have what I really want, God is what I really need. 
All of us face times in our life, challenges, you know, we might lose a loved one. There's all sorts of things that we go through in life that cause us to question, that cause us to be in a place of need. But one thing I know that no matter what we go through in our life, the Lord is faithful and He is with us. He has never left us or forsaken us. And this morning you might be facing an insurmountable big problem just like this widow was. And you can know that God is what you need. We're going to learn more as we go through this story. I think it's very, very interesting what Elisha does when she comes to him. In verse 2, he replied to her, How can I help you? Do you notice he didn't sympathize with her? He didn't ignore her. He didn't give her some spiritual answer. He, didn't, he was a prophet and he didn't prophesy over her situation. What did he do? I think we can all learn from this. He said, how can I help you? How can I help you? What a wonderful key for us to learn in our own lives. That, you know, we might be with our workmates. We could be at school or uni or down at the grocery store. We could be in all these ordinary situations of life and we're going to come across people in need. And I think we can all learn this morning from Elisha what, with what he did. How can I help you? You know, we can say that. We can say that to people when they come. We don't have to just show them sympathy. We don't have to ignore them. We don't have to feel overwhelmed because we serve the God who created the universe. We have the resources of heaven at our disposal. So what do you do if someone in your world comes to you we can pray to the lord lord help me show me how to reach out to the people in my world let me be your representative jesus so when they say i've got a problem or i've been diagnosed with cancer or i think my boyfriend is cheating on me or my daughter's getting out of control what can we say how can i help you how can i help you and in that moment one of the most powerful things we can do is to pray for that person and we can see mountains move with prayer we can help them practically we can show the kindness we can be jesus hands and his feet and i remember a time in in our lives in our family um, where our daughter was born with a spinal abnormality and i remember that there was just this sense amongst our friends and family is what can we do because no one could fix it no one could fix it. There was, there was this uh, missing part of her sacrum which had all the nerves to the ankles, the feet, the bladder and the bowel and things were missing. The doctors said there, there's nothing that can be done to create those nerves. We believe in a creative, miracle-working God and one of the things that our friends and family did to us is they dedicated, we used to run Tuesday night prayer meetings here and they dedicated the whole Tuesday night prayer meeting for our baby girl and I always remember how much that meant to us at the time and how encouraged I was every time I got a text saying I'm praying for you I'm praying for you I get a card we're praying for you prayer is powerful don't ever feel like you can do nothing to help because we can always pray and we serve the God of miracles and we serve a God of love we can always do something to help going on in verse 2 Elisha replied to her how can I help you then the next thing he says is, tell me, what 
do you have in your house? He's appealing to her dignity there. He is respecting her. What an amazing, amazing man of God. Humble man, wise man. And guess what she says? Your servant has nothing at all. Do you ever say that when someone asks you, what have you been doing? Oh, nothing. What have you been up to? Oh, nothing. What have you got? What are you going to do? Oh, nothing. Sometimes we can look at our lives and think that there really isn't nothing at all, but we're actually overlooking the things that we do have. So at first, she says, nothing at all. Nothing there at all. And then she remembers, except a small jar of olive oil. And the truth is that when we're hurting, when we're lacking, when there's something missing in our life, sometimes all that we see is our lack. All that we see is our pain. All that we see is what's missing. I know that's how I felt with our beautiful baby girl. And we did thank God every day for all of the wonderful things that he'd given us. We praised him that she was born in Australia where we had access to all this medical attention. I I thanked him for disposable nappies. I thank him, thank him, thank him every day for anything that I could possibly think of. But in my heart, there was a huge gap. And I was grieving every day. And I used to say that to the Lord, I feel like all of my strength is just sapped out of me all the time. And every day I battled with worry. Every day I battled with doubt. I chose not to live that way. I chose not to listen to it, but it was a daily battle and it was very, very real for me. And all I could see was this part of her spine that was missing. Some people might be here today and you feel like there's stuff you're missing. Maybe it's I don't have enough money, so I can't be happy. Maybe you're lacking in your money. Might be, maybe you've been believing God for years for a marriage partner and you haven't found one. And you feel like you can't be happy until you find that partner. So you feel like you can't have a meaningful life. Might be saying, I don't have what I want, so life doesn't really matter. Or, on a very superficial level, but I think this paints a very good picture of what we often do, Have you ever seen a woman walk into a wardrobe and it's so packed with clothes, I have nothing to wear. I've probably been guilty of that. I don't know, darling, have I done that? Yes, Anne's nodding vehemently. But it does paint a picture to us, that picture. We can be looking at all these things and all we see is what we don't have. So the second key that we can really learn from this story today is by looking at what the widow did. So at first she said nothing. Then she acknowledged the only thing of value she did have. Now, olive oil, we can take it for granted because we just walk into Woolies and grab a bottle and buy it. But back then, olive oil was a very, very valuable commodity. It was used for all sorts of things. Yes, it could be used in cooking, but there are also a lot of other uses for that. It was used for lighting lamps. It was used as medicine. It was used as a moisturizer because there was no body shop back then. It was used for leather, to soften leather. It was even used to stop iron from rusting. It was used in offerings and it was used to anoint people. So this very, very valuable commodity that she had in her house was absolutely precious and valuable. However, she only had a little bit. Do you ever feel like that in your life? 
Do you ever feel like that, that you have something and it's valuable and it's precious, but you feel like you've only got a little bit and it's not enough to go around and it certainly wasn't enough in her life to be able to save her or her boys? But the encouraging thing today is that we serve a God who can do a lot with a little. Isn't that good news this morning? All throughout Scripture we see, what about the little boy who brings his lunch to Jesus? Now, the disciples are milling around. I'm sure they had lunches too for themselves, but all they're seeing is what they don't have to feed the multitudes. But this little boy looked at what he did have, and he came to Jesus in faith and gave Jesus all he had, and Jesus took that and multiplied it. God could do a, li- a big thing with a little Little lunch to feed a big multitude. Jesus taught us that when we're low on faith, even if our faith is as small as a mustard seed, God can take that faith and move mountains with it, do big things. What about David and Goliath? He used a little stone to bring a big giant down. See, God can do a lot with a little. And Moses, Moses was the biggest pessimist at all. I love him. He is so awesome. He just came up with excuses every angle. God had an answer. God got frustrated with him in the end because he was making excuses. God said, Moses, what do you have in your hand? A staff. That little staff that he had performed great miracles, turning into a snake, turning the river red, and then eventually dividing the whole Red Sea. God can do a lot with a little. So the key that we can learn from this story of this widow is what do I do when I'm running on empty? We need to stop waiting for what I want and start working with what I have. Right across this place today, we all have something that God can use. We all have something to give. And sometimes we overlook the gifts God's given us because all we're doing is looking at all the things we don't have. We look at that person who's got that gift and that thing over there. Well, I don't have that, God, but what about what you do have? What about what you have that God hasn't given to anybody else? It's yours. Stop waiting for what we want and start working with what we have. See the value, not the quantity. In verse 3, Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't just ask for a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. Now, this sounds absolutely ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all. Here she is running on empty and Elisha says, go and get more empty things. That's not logical at all, especially if you've got a scientific mind. But what did she do? We'll find out as we go through. And there's been times in my life where the Lord's asked me to gather something that's empty when I've felt like I've been running on empty. And um, I know it's very hard to believe, but when I was younger, I was a little outspoken. And um, I got kicked out of the worship team. I probably did have a bad attitude, but I'd never been called rebellious before in my life. So this was a new experience. And I remember being absolutely devastated and gutted by that. In fact, I used to be in that third row right there in that seat where you're sitting there. And I used to be on my knees saying, Lord, 
I'm washed up. I used to look up at this stage and think, I am never getting up there again. I felt hurt. I felt disillusioned. I felt discouraged. I felt disappointed. I felt completely and utterly empty. In fact, I used to call myself a fruit loop because I cried so much. But the amazing thing is that I was so thankful that I served a God who could do a lot with a little. What, what, what did I have in my hand? What did God speak to me about? I had a piano at home. Now, I didn't play the piano at all in the worship team back then. I sang in the worship team. I was one of our song leaders. And I had this piano, and the Lord spoke to me about writing songs. I'd been writing songs for years, but never really finished a lot of them. And we went to go visit some friends in another church. It was the first time that Ian and I had ever prayed about whether we should attend another church. And we went to this church. Of course, God said, no, you need to go back. But in that church, there were two musicians who I'd been friends with over the years. And he came up to me and said, what you been up to? Now, I could have said nothing. But for some strange reason, and it must have been the Holy Spirit because I hadn't planned it at all, I said, I've been writing songs. He said, Suzanne, we've just built a recording studio in our backyard. Why don't you come around and we'll have a bit of a play around with these songs. We could do a demo for you guys. I've been looking for a new project. When you feel like things have been taken away from you, when you feel like you've got nothing, take what you have and run with it and God will take it and multiply. You see, I stopped waiting for what I wanted and I started working with what I have and look what the Lord did through that. Oh, my iPad's in there. That's not good with communion on the table either. We, go. we produced an album out of that. Now, this is 12 years ago, so don't get too excited. But I would, oh, there's 10 CDs here today, and if I could, I'd love for someone to run up and grab these. And if you would like one, just put up your hand. We'd love to give them away this morning. So who can do the running for us? Great. Kim, thanks, honey. And uh, while we're handing those out, we've just got a video that is very raw, it's very unedited, it's the original sound, okay? But we wanted to share it with you this morning because this was a bit of a snippet from the CD launch that we did.
miracle of God. What a miracle of God. Do you know we had 13 musicians, 13 empty jars that I just said, do you want to be part of this project? And they said, yeah, let's do it. And um, God was so faithful and that went out and touched so many lives. And I hope that those who got a copy of that today will be blessed by that, that CD as well. So what do I do when I'm running on empty? I have faith that God uses my limitations to create his innovation. Isn't that amazing? When we feel limited, when we feel ripped off, when we feel constrained, that's the very, very environment that God will use to fashion something new in you and in your life. Stop looking at the limitations and start looking to our awesome God who can do anything where anything is possible. Nothing is too hard for him and nothing is ever wasted in Christ. Reading on from verse 5 to see what, how did this widow respond when Elisha asked her to do something crazy and illogical and ridiculous? She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept on pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. God can use anything as long as it's empty. Sometimes we've just got to empty ourselves of self. We've got to empty ourselves of our complaints. We've got to empty ourselves of our worries. We've got to empty ourselves of our pride. And as we empty ourselves, the oil of heaven will come and it will fill us and we will be filled to overflowing. And our God will provide all our need according to His riches, not our resources. Our resources are so limited. His resources are unlimited. She obeyed immediately and saw the miraculous provision of God. And she didn't even touch the oil until she had sought the will of God. She was empty. She was obedient. And God met her needs. In verse 7, it says this. She went and told the man of God and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. What an amazing, amazing story. There was more at the end. There was more than enough to provide for her need. And I love that after she filled the jars, she didn't touch them until she sought the Lord again. I love that in that story. That shows her obedience she acknowledged that what she had was not her own. It was from God. Sometimes we can hold on to the things. It might be our talents. It might be our money. It might be our relationships. But you know what? As sons and daughters of the Most High, everything that we have belongs to Him. And as we trust Him, that's when the provision comes. Maybe all you have is a little bit of oil and some empty jars. But if you trust God, he will pour out and keep on pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. He will refill your jar and give you what you need and then overflow to others around you. When I was desperate for God to heal our girl in that hospital room, I experienced the presence of God like I had never 
experienced him before. It was the amazing, tangible presence of God. I heard his voice like he was sitting next to me. It was absolutely amazing. And I know that it was because of the prayers of this church. Powerful thing. But in that moment, because I was so desperate, I would have done anything, anything, anything for him. Lord, I'll do it. Have you ever been in a place like that? God, I'll do anything if you heal me. I will do anything if you save this person that I love. It's a desperate place to be. And in that place of desperation, he unveiled his plan for me. And he said something very, very illogical and ridiculous and crazy. And he said, I want you to be the worship pastor. Now, that just was nuts to me. I wasn't currently in the worship team. I'd been quite ill with the pregnancy. And I was in hospital. We just had this beautiful baby that had a lot of special needs, which required a lot of hours every single day to look after her. So what I did, what did I have in my hand? Worship pastor, it seemed crazy. I had my baby girl in our hand in a little capsule, so I rocked up to band practice one night. On the night that I was there, that I came along with Rochelle, the first band practice after she was born, our pastor was there talking about how he was praying for a new leader. Now, when I was in hospital, I miss this part of the story. I get excited and get started talking. I have another, I've got props today. This is cool. Learning off my husband. When I was in hospital, I felt helpless. I felt like I couldn't fix our little girl, you know. And for any parent who's had a child with health problems, it's, it's gut-wrenching to not be able to do anything to fix the problem or to help them. You feel like there's nothing you can do, which is not true because you can give them love and love is the most important thing of all. But I, had, I felt like I was helpless. But what did I have in my hand? I had a notebook. I'd been given a, a pad of paper to be able to write down all my questions for the specialist because day in and day out, I had specialists coming in sometimes every five minutes. I didn't know what a neurologist was or a urologist. We had orthopedic servants. Orthopedic servants. That's a good one. That's a Christian orthopedic pediatrician. And we had gastroenteritis. I can't say the word. It's a long one starting with gastro, but it's not gastroenteritis. It's something different, which is good. You don't want gastroenteritis coming into your room when you're in hospital. And I was writing down all of these questions for these specialists, and God was speaking to me about the worship team. So what I did is I turned the pad of paper over. And I started writing on the other side the vision statement for the worship team. And God just was putting on questions down this side, vision statement for the worship team down the other side. What did I have in my hand? So when I rocked up that night, just to band practice, just to see what would happen. And my pastor said, we're praying for a new worship pastor. I knew that it couldn't have been a coincidence. What did I have in my hand? The vision statement for the team. God is able to do miraculous things. And in those times in our life where we're desperate, where things feel like they're going wrong, let's not miss what God is saying and what he can do in our lives in that time because I know this we have become the people we are today from walking through adversity for walking through challenges nothing is ever wasted in Christ and I want to encourage you whatever challenge you're walking through today to have that hope in the name of Jesus that we can have faith that our God uses our limitations to create 
his innovation. Before I conclude today, I've just got one more video to share just to help you picture our little princess. It's the first time we've ever showed this video to anyone other than our family, so we'd love to share that with you this morning. seemed crazy and it seemed illogical but when we trust in our God all things are possible we can have faith that God uses our limitations to create his innovation what do I do when I'm running on empty if I offer God what I have I can trust him to give me what I need the greatest things we can learn in our faith walk with the Lord Jesus Christ Like the widow did, just as we begin to conclude, we can come to the same God and Lord with our needs. There is always hope in the name of Jesus. Now that worship was just so awesome this morning. I'd love our worship team to come back and lead us in worship again. We're going to have some ministry time at the end of this message. If you feel that that this message is speaking to you, we're going to have a bit of a time of worship and prayer at the end this morning. You see, God is looking for available empty jars. When we empty ourselves of self, when we empty ourselves of pride and of greed and our own agendas and come to God totally empty, then he fills us with his oil. His oil is the Holy Spirit. That's what he's looking for today. Empty, available vessels. You see, when we're weak, he is our strength. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, it says, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You see, if I offer God what I have, I can trust him with what I need. 
And in both of those stories from my own life today, you might be able to relate to that. Maybe there's some things that you've walked through yourself. And we're all different, but we all have needs. And I know this, that if you're facing something today, if you choose to put your faith and your hope in heaven, he will not disappoint you. It might not turn out the way that you planned. And it certainly didn't turn out the way that I planned. But do you know what? I can stand before you this morning and say, it is so much better than anything I could have ever imagined. That knowing this Lord and Savior and His faithfulness and what He does in our lives is worth anything. I would give anything to have that oil of the Holy Spirit come pour into my life and to flow out over others. Because He is limitless. He is boundless. He is well able to provide for our needs what he knows we need to stop waiting for what I want and start working with what I have have faith that God uses my limitations to create his innovation trust that when I don't have what I really want God is what I really need and if I offer him what I have I can trust him to give me what I need hallelujah when we're weak, he's our strength. When we're hurting, he's our comforter. When you're lost, he is your guide. When you're hungry, he's the bread of life. When you're thirsty, he gives you living water. When your life is unstable, he is the rock that does not move. And the moment I realize I do not have what I want, I suddenly discover he is exactly what I need. Let's bow our heads and pray. I really believe that God's moving. The Holy Spirit's here today. If you'll open up your heart, he's going to be speaking to you. We're just going to look away to heaven today. Wherever you're at today, just look away to the Lord this morning. You might have come in empty and lacking, but you can look to him and he's going to become everything you need. Stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. Offer God what you have and trust God to give you all you need. Because when you don't have what you really want, you will discover that our good God is what you really need. Lord, I thank you this morning that as we think about this widow, her story is our story this morning. She had a debt that was impossible for her to repay. All of us have had a debt of sin in our life that was impossible for us to repay. We've all sinned against a holy God. And we don't have the resources to make it right. And that's why the gospel is what every person needs to experience. That's why the gospel is such good news because our good God in his love and mercy while we were still sinners sent Jesus, the sinless son of God, who was born and lived the perfect life and laid his life down on the cross and became sin for us. He died and rose again on the third day so that anyone who calls on his name will be saved. So today, Lord, we empty our life. We give it over to you afresh today. 
We surrender our hurts. We surrender our failures. We confess our sins to you and we empty ourselves of who we think we are and what we want and what we think we need. And Lord, today, there it is. Let, let him fill you with his spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Right across this place today, there's an outpouring of heaven, unlimited resources. There it is. There's someone there today that you're lifting up that need for a financial need that's impossible. The Lord says, here, I'm going to provide for you divinely this morning. I can see another person today that your health has been challenged to the very, very limits you feel like. You're hanging by a thread and the Lord says, I've caught you. I've got you. I've got you. You're in my arms today. There is another today that you just have this huge question mark over a relationship that you are in. The Lord's saying, don't listen to your own understanding, but take my hand and I'm going to guide you through the decisions that you need to make. I am with you. I am with you. I am in you. I am for you. Put your faith in me and I will be all that you need. thank you Jesus that when we realize we don't have what we really want we find that Christ is all that we need and just while heads are bowed this morning we're going to have an opportunity to all pray this prayer together this morning this is a prayer of commitment to our Lord Jesus Christ it's a decision to empty ourselves of self and allow him to fill us with his spirit and be able to lead us as we follow him into all truth, the author of life. Let's pray this together this morning. Heavenly Father, I come to you empty. I admit I'm a sinner and I need a saviour. Jesus, forgive me. Change me. Make me new. I believe you died for me. And you rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you for new life. My life is not my own. I give it to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.